Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Last Friday night, as I was finishing up the Sunday service as well as Jean Monahan's memorial service, my computer screen began to flicker. Just as the second benediction rolled out of the printer, I was treated to a psychedelic light show, followed by bright stripes of color, and then the infamous blue screen of death. And just like that, my computer perished. I was so relieved I had everything I needed, I wasn't even upset. Cam, my personal tech team, ran one test, pronounced it dead, marched it off to Apple, where it is under warranty, and secured me a loaner from the IT team at work. Just how lucky and spoiled I am is not lost on me. And in fact, there was not one moment in which I felt anything but overwhelming gratitude. The question is, the question before us this morning is, why wasn't I feeling grateful five minutes before, gazing with loving admiration at the computer that had just functioned unfailingly, not just all day that Friday, but all day, every day before that, day after day, month after month, year after year. Why is my computer not on my altar? (laughs) To say nothing of my wife, who, along with Arlington Street's entire tech team, should be on all our altars. And then my mind unspools and I am flooded with images of all the people, places, experiences, coincidences, and moments of grace, all the things. And they wash over me in a deluge of gratitude. We all know the feeling of being sick, or in pain, getting some kind of medicine on board, and suddenly, whatever was screaming falls silent. It's gone. There's that momentary euphoria, sweet relief. And then, then what? Do we go to bed giving thanks? Wake up in the morning giving thanks? Hmm. Life goes on, life gets in the way, and maybe we say, I was in very rough shape, but I got these meds, and it was like magic. But that's about it. What's missing is gratitude. As human beings, we suffer from something called hedonic adaptation. Hedonic from the word hedonism, 
and excess of sensual self-indulgence. Hedonic adaptation, also known as the hedonic treadmill, is our natural inclination to rapidly accustom ourselves to upgraded circumstances. We become insensitive to new stimuli, readjust our emotional baseline, and settle in as if nothing had happened. If you've ever struggled with addiction, you know this. The stimulus needs to be more or increasingly intense in order to feel its effects. The hedonic treadmill is the reason we take so much good for granted. Life is good and we're missing it. Missing the sunshine and cold, clean air, the pleasure or of a book or a piece of music, a close friend. Worse, we begin to feel entitled to these things. Our evolutionary biology has given us a negativity bias. Our brains are wired not to appreciate what we have, but to focus on what's missing. We focus more on barriers than on benefits. We're far too taken up with fighting the headwind, but fail to notice a brisk tailwind. In other words, giving thanks does not come easily. I've told this story before, but I can't resist telling it again. A grandmother is playing with her grandson on the beach. Suddenly, a rogue wave washes over them and sweeps the boy away. His grandmother is distraught. Please, God, she cries, please bring back my boy. Another wave comes rolling in and deposits the boy on the sand. Good as new. His grandmother hugs him, looks him over, and casts her eyes to the heaven. He was wearing a hat. For the science supporting why giving thanks is a really good idea, I commend you to the work of Dr. Robert Emmons, professor of psychology at UC Davis and the world's leading scientific expert on gratitude. The two top outcomes of gratitude, better mental health and more nourishing relationships. Giving thanks strengthens our immune system, improves our sleep, and helps us to be happier, more helpful, more generous. Say thank you, says Robert Emmons, and the tone of your whole day changes. Giving thanks is not hard, but it takes practice, spiritual practice. Come to your senses. Drop in and pay attention to what you can hear, see, smell, taste, and touch. Like so many things, it's all about noticing and remembering to notice the little winds. A gentle breeze is rustling in the trees. The bus comes on time. A stranger holds the door. A child smiles. The work before us is to string together these moments like pearls on a silken thread 
making our lives more beautiful. Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, founder of mindfulness-based stress reduction, says the little things, the little moments, they aren't little. Forgetfulness and a lack of awareness are the two biggest obstacles to gratitude. Let's problem solve about how we can remind ourselves to be grateful. We know that when Queen Cheryl is in the kitchen, there's always a framed photo displayed on the counter, her beloved grandmother, Mrs. Anne Rose Ziska, presente. Feeding us is how Queen Cheryl honors Mama. And have you seen the newest photo? It has a quote across the bottom which says, I love you. Now get out of my kitchen. I have repeating early morning and late night quotes typed into the calendar on my phone. At the two times of day, I'm sure to look at my schedule. There they are. I change them out periodically, and in addition to being a great way to memorize poetry or other beautiful writing, it inspires me to pay attention and to give thanks. Right now, I wake up to some lines from Irish poet Padre Gotuma from an essay entitled Oremus, meaning in Latin, let us pray. Let us pick up the stones over which we stumble, friends and build altars. Let us listen to the sound of breath in our bodies. Let us listen to the sound of our own voices, of our own names, of our own fears. Let us name the harsh light and soft darkness that surround us. Let's claw ourselves out from the graves we've dug. Let's lick the earth from our fingers. Let us look up and out and around. The world is big and wide and wild and wonderful and wicked, and our lives are murky, magnificent, malleable, and full of meaning. Let us pray. A great strategy is to be on the lookout for new ways to give thanks. Keep it fresh and be creative. So many people helped my sister Lisa and me to care for our mother in her final years, from the fire department who arrived ahead of us on the morning she stroked, right up to the hospice nurses who wrapped her in a beautiful quilt, turned the radio to her favorite station, and kept her calm and comfortable so many angels. We have thanked them, and it is only right and feels so good to continue to thank them. I love to bake my gratitude. And write your gratitude. Barbara Seidel taught us the three good things practice. At the close of the day, write down three things for which you're grateful. Be very specific, don't repeat. In one study, a group of college students who wrote about things for which they were grateful once a week, once a week for 10 weeks, reported fewer aches and pains than those in two control groups. In another study, nearly 300 adults who came into a university health center 
seeking counseling, all agreed to write a thank you letter each week for three weeks, not for presents, but for gifts they usually took for granted. Twelve weeks after the final letter was written, the gratitude group reported significantly better mental health than their peers. Nancy Davis Coe, author of The Thank You Project, says, strengthening your positive recall bias makes it easier to see the good things around you even when times are hard. It helps us see the big picture and become more resilient in the face of adversity. In other words, count your blessings. Father Marty Jenko had been working as head of Catholic Relief Services in Lebanon when he was kidnapped and held for almost 19 months. Shortly after his relief, release on August 3rd, 1986, an author named Ellen Vaughn interviewed him. He told her this story. One April night, his guards pulled him from his cell up a stairway and onto the roof of the building. They removed his blindfold. The moon was full. Marty Jenko was sure he was about to die. But, he said, in the white luminescence of the moon and stars, with the smell and taste of the salt sea breeze, I knew love reigned invisibly. Then one of Marty Jenko's captors spoke softly in broken English. We know you have not seen the moon in many months, not even the sky. Because the moon is so beautiful this evening, we wanted you to see it. I waited for my bullet, not thinking what a terrible sinner I was, not thinking I should be sorry for the bad things I did and the good things I failed to do. Rather, I thought, oh, how beautiful this is, how beautiful. Thank you, God, thank you for everything. Father Marty Jenko was overwhelmed, not by fear, but by love. Not by fear, but by gratitude. Gratitude, it turns out, is not just for us and the person we're thanking. The Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley, taking the lead in researching the science behind social and emotional well-being, calls gratitude the social glue that builds and nurtures strong relationships. Gratitude can start with us and spread out and spread out and spread out, strengthening the ties that bind. Robert Emmons writes, gratitude allows us to participate more in life. We notice the positives more and that magnifies the pleasure we feel. Instead of adapting to goodness, we can celebrate goodness. We spend so much time watching things, computer screens, TV, but with gratitude, instead of being spectators, we become participants in our lives. 
beloved spiritual companions. May we count our blessings. Remember that little things aren't little and give thanks. To go on, here's a blessing of a story. Years ago, my colleague of blessed memory, Reverend Clark Dewey Wells, was talking with his wife one evening when their three-year-old son spotted a star in the night sky. He tried to get their attention. Look, he insisted, a star is in the sky. Yes, dear, that's wonderful. His parents tried to humor him. They were settled comfortably in that after-dinner way, perhaps a little toddler-weary. And, well, they'd seen stars before. Their son wasn't having it. He launched across the room, planted himself in front of them, fixed them with a fiery gaze and said, here it comes, you be glad at that star. <laughs> Friends, may we be glad at that star. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I honor the divine in you. From singer-songwriter Bob Frankie's Thanksgiving Eve. What can we do with our days but work and hope? Let our dreams bind our work to our play. What can we do with each moment of our lives but love till we've loved it away? Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Happy Thanksgiving. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, 
gathered in love and service for justice and peace.